This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Your driver's license is important so you can get back and forth to work, get your kids to school, and back and forth to daycare. If your license has been suspended because you can't pay your tickets, you can't do any of those things. Let's talk about Chapter 13 bankruptcy. You may have heard the tickets cannot be discharged, but they can be dealt with in a Chapter 13 case. Why not come in for a free consultation? The chapter you choose will make all the difference to your getting back legally on the road. Let's design a plan to pay off your tickets and restore your license immediately. I'm attorney Travis Gagné. Please contact me today at ChooseTheRightChapter.com. That's ChooseTheRightChapter.com. 99.9 KISW. Um... We're just going to talk about the Huskies, right? Is that what's going That's on? That's what I'm hoping, man. Yeah, so, <laughs> hey. sure, episode 264 has dropped at MitchUnfiltered.com. The name of the show, the podcast is Mitch Unfiltered. Yes, and also, BJ, I'm still optimistic if the season ended today, oh, yeah. the Seahawks would be in the playoffs. So let's talk about their playoff hopes yeah. with the host of Mitch Unfiltered. Here he is. Now, wait Levy. a second, wait a second. Optimism for you. Migsy is fourteen and three or fifteen and two. Well, thirteen and four. Thirteen and four. Do it for you. Yeah, thirteen yeah. and four. They they actually they, they pooped the bet on that, but there's still hope for twelve and five. Is there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> until until Thursday, Thursday, there's help till twelve and five. Oh, yeah. Eleven yeah, and six. I mean, it's still respectable. Make what happened, boys? You tell me what the hell happened. I will tell you what happened. San Francisco's a dang good team, and we are not. There you Excuse go. me. <laughs> Excuse me. You you seem to forget that the three of us have not spoken since before the Rams game. Oh, so I'm, I'm that, not, oh I'm not right. even, I'm not, I mean, so yeah. much vacation. I, I need to get out of calendar here, for God's sakes. We have to. We, <laughs> we'll send you one. We, yeah. We have, I, I, as I told you, the last time, that I, I believe the last time we were together. Was the Carter administration, yes. Yes, yes. I'm trying to remember if we were together after the Washington game or before yeah. the Washington game. We were we yes. yeah, we talked after the Commanders game, I think. Okay. Yes. But we haven't well, talked about the Rams, you're right, which was also okay. a massive disappointment. Mr. Playoff says that or said weeks and weeks ago that the two key games were the Washington game and the road game against the Rams. Those yes. were the two key games. They had to figure out a way, even if they won by a half a point in each game, figure out a way to win both of those two games, and you're going to be fine for the playoffs. Well, they won the first game, yep. but they found a way. Man, that, that Rams game is going to come back to haunt. They had the lead the whole freaking game in yeah. Los Angeles and yeah. found a way to lose it or fall behind. And then you guys saw what happened at the very end of the Rams game where they had the ball 
and a chance to go uh, down and score and kick the game-winning field goal, and they didn't spike the ball, yeah. and, they, and then they ran the ball, and yeah. the clock went down, and they uh. missed the field goal. So that was, to me, you know, I don't know how many people in your audience thought they were going to beat the 49ers, but they needed to beat the Rams. That's yeah, they, they did. Needed, and, they, they, and they would have been fine. They'd be fine. But now you almost feel like they're in the middle of a five-game losing streak. They've lost two in a row, and the next three are Dallas on Thursday night, and then yeah. San Francisco again. And then home. And then Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia, who seems to say, hey, the way we find ways to lose games, they seem to find ways to win games. So a solid 3-0 record is going to happen after these games for the Seahawks. You know what? If 3-0 happens, you could start booking your trips to the Super Bowl. (laughs) I mean, yeah, exactly. Are you paying? (laughs) I'm paying. But it is. You go... You go three and zero over the next three weeks, and uh, you come talk to me about about uh, trips to Vegas on the Super Bowl. I will. You take a look I at our last two I games. I won't take your call. I know yeah. you haven't. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. The boys, you, you know what? Go do anything it's else. Go do anything else on that February day. Because I look. Let's do, we'll talk about Philadelphia real quick, only because of the fact yeah. that I watched their last two victories. Their their last two victories against good teams, and especially against Buffalo, where they were trailing at the in the fourth quarter, Philadelphia, and found a way to tie the game. They were trailing in overtime, found a way to win the game, and they also beat Kansas City, found a way to win that game. And we find ways to not win games. And I just I I just cannot see us if we make the playoffs. That's just because somebody else is really just also faltering badly. Uh, but, I mean, really, I'd rather see us just lose out to get a decent draft pick because we are not going far in the playoffs. I know you hate to hear that, but we're going nowhere. You're right, you're right, but I'm just so tired of decent. What have decent draft picks done for this organization yeah, the well, last five years? I mean, yeah. even in the years that they pick somebody that actually ends up being worthy of the pick, we find ourselves, and this is the, the theme of the podcast this morning that we released. I, don't we find ourselves in Groundhog Day every single year? They're six and five, they're seven and four, they're, yeah. they're trying to scrape their way in as one of the last wild card teams. They, they're trying to win a game in the play. At, at what point do you say, okay, we're not progressing? We're not. It's okay to be six and five if the following year you're seven and four, and the following year after that you're eight and three. But yes. it seems like it's the same crap yeah. year after year. And and to speak to your draft choice thing, they had a high draft choice last year. They picked a guy named Devin Witherspoon, who if he's not the best rookie in, in the NFL, he's one of the best rookies in the NFL. So they they hit a home run with mm-hmm. Devin Witherspoon, and look where Look where we find ourselves. Yeah. Six and five, losing to the Rams, trying to figure out a way to back into the playoffs. At what point, I don't know who's running the ship over there. Yeah. But 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 at what point do we say, okay, it's not we're not moving forward. We're stuck in in the in the quicksand of mediocrity in the National Football League. That's all. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to me. I think that we've got to build a, a fantastic defense. That's what I thought this team was all is about. The, is the defense the issue right now, or is that no, offense no, no, the no, fact no, that no, they no. just the can't seem to stay on the field? So the defense gets worn out pretty quick the, after a while. The de- the defense, I I thought, well, 
It's still young. I, I think the defense, as we've talked about on this show a few times, I think it's coming. I think you've got a lot mm-hmm. of reasons to yeah. be optimistic about the, the defense. The offense is a real yeah. is a real bugger because the world wants to blame Gino and he has not been good. There's no question about it. But and, and this is a big, a big topic on our show this morning with a lot of different guests, and that is is this really about Gino? And I'll ask you Ooh. I'll ask you guys a question. If you watch the San Francisco game and you've watched San Francisco at all, BJ, you've watched Philadelphia. Oh yeah. You've watched you've watched Brock Purdy. Yes. Right? When you yeah. look at Brock Purdy and you look at Geno Smith, what do you see? Here's what I see, Mitch. You know, not so yeah. much like compared quarterbacks. Men. Because uh, they're both strapping young men. Uh, yeah. What I see just when I watch any other football game, and I swear yeah. any other quarterback seems to have time. Even a li- that's what I notice. There's a little bit more time to do something. Geno right. doesn't seem to have any time and... That's okay. what I know. Let's talk about. Let's talk about that. But I want to come back to the. Yeah, but the what do you see I, when you see both of those gentlemen? No, what do you? No, see? no, no. I want. I want to answer your question on time oh, yeah. because okay. I think. It's, I think it's a really good point. I think it's a really good point. But there's two possible answers to why he doesn't have time. One possible answer is he's got a bad offensive line. That might be it. Okay. The other. The uh, and this is where I was going. The other possible explanation Ooh. is that the scheme. The scheme doesn't have receivers running short and intermediate routes where he can get rid of the ball faster, like Brock Purdy. Yeah, that's true. Brock Brock Purdy never has to hold on to the ball. He's always throwing the ball before any pass rush can get there. And, guys, that is scheme. Why can't we figure that out, Mitch? Because you're right. I see other teams do that. They make that adjustment when they know there's, okay, people are coming at me. What is with us that we seem to never be able to figure that out? It's not even an adjustment, BJ. It's the way they do things from the beginning, these other teams. How is it that we don't do that? We run, the Seahawks run, Long developing down the field plays for the most part. They don't use the 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 short and intermediate middle of the field like everybody does against them. How often do you watch Matt Stafford or Brock Purdy or any other quarterback against the Seahawks throw the ball to a receiver right over the middle for about eight oh, or nine I, I, yards, oh, yeah. where our lineback where the linebacker is about five yards behind them, and they catch the ball. Uh, the linebacker comes up and pops him in the back, and they drop him for eight or nine yards, and then it's second and one or second and two. How often does that happen against the Seahawks? It oh, happens yeah. over so much. And how and how often do the Seahawks do that to other teams? Hardly ever. They run deep crosses and and, and and stuff where Gino has to hold the ball. Let me go back to my question, what I was asking you when you saw it, when you look at Gino and, and Brock Purdy. Yes. I'll just I'll just. What say, do you see when you see those boys? Well, well uh, let me ask it a different way. If I took Gino Smith and I dropped him into San Francisco's offense, we replaced Brock Purdy and we put Gino Smith in San Francisco's offense, the Kyle Shanahan runs with the quick stuff, and the innovation and the sleight of hand and the screen passes. They know how to execute a screen pass. Seattle doesn't know how to execute a screen pass. If we put Geno Smith in San Francisco's offense, how do you think Geno Smith would do? I would imagine he'd be great. He'd be great. He'd be great. And let me ask you the flip of that. 
If we took Brock Purdy (laughs) and we dropped him in Seattle's offense with the long developing plays and the offensive line and the lack of innovation and the lack of sleight of hand and the lack of a screen pass, how good do you think the last pick in the NFL draft would be in Seattle? He would look just like that, the last pick in the NFL draft. And let me tell you what he is right now. I don't know if you look at the stats. He's the highest rated quarterback in the NFL. Number one in the NFL in about three or four statistical categories. I believe that if the season ended today, which it doesn't and it's stupid to even talk about, Brock Purdy would be a first-team All-Pro. So if your answers are right, and that is, BJ, that Geno would be great in San Francisco's offense and Brock Purdy would be nothing in Seattle's offense the way Shane Waldron was there. So is the the problem Geno or is the problem scheme? Play calling, innovation, screen pat. What's the problem, Migsy? If those are the answers, I was just going to ask a question. At what point does the team realize that? Like, how come every fan, every analyst seems to say the same thing about the scheme and how things are being run, but the team keeps going, yeah. running into a wall with the same plan? It's a good question. Is it at what point question? do they realize, hey, man, this ain't working? Our our, our plays At-a- are very uh-uh. vanilla, and, and and everyone's picking up on them. And I'll make it a bigger even question than that. At what point does Pete Carroll realize I'm hiring the wrong coordinators? Yeah. I keep going through these coordinators. Brian Schottenheimer, Shane Waldron, even the defensive coordinators, Ken Norton. Wasn't Clint Shane Hurt. brought in because I mean, he was creative? And I don't see anything creative. Shane, Shane Waldron came in because he's from the, 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 the McVeigh tree gotcha. in Los Angeles. And, and everybody knows who the offensive coordinator is in Los Angeles. It wasn't Shane Waldron. It's McVay. Can we get him to be our offensive yeah. coordinator? No, I don't think he's, I don't think ah, he's available. Son, son I think Dang. he might be a little bit too expensive. But maybe he's available to be your head coach. You ever think about that? Yeah, this I mean, is, it's, I know, you got to wonder when there is time for a change. Because it seems like Seattle, and I can only go stale. with... Stale. Well, stale. yeah, and look, I think of what's going on with the Mariners, and I've been watching them, and... I don't. It seems like again stale. I don't. Is it Seattle sports fans that somehow <laughs> tolerate stale? I, I the thing I talk about before is like the the Red Sox have won like three World Series and fired all those general managers. Even those all those general managers brought a World Series to Boston. We still have Depoto. He hasn't even got us to the World Series. What is it with Seattle sports and the hierarchy that mediocrity is rewarded? I don't get it because you're right, Mitch. I feel like we've been asking this question for a long time, a long time. Good, good questions, and I don't know the answers to them. Look, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe what I just said before is completely wrong and that Brock Purdy – in Shane Waldron's offense would be a superstar, Maybe and that Geno Smith, and that uh. Geno Smith, in Kyle Shanahan's offense would be lousy. Maybe I'm wrong about all that, but here's what I would say to all the Geno bashers out there. And boy, that's a big group. I don't mm-hmm. know that we could even get our voice out to the how big the group of Geno bashers is. It's funny, it's funny how the world of the Seattle Seahawks fans will throw Geno Smith under the bus. He's a backup quarterback. He's not good. I don't know why is he even out there, yada, yada, yada. And yet, then when I ask those people, well, who put him out there? Did he, did he go out there himself? Did he decide, I'm going to be the quarterback himself? Or were there two guys named John Schneider and Pete Carroll who, after they traded Russell Wilson away and brought in Drew Locke in that trade, didn't even give Drew Locke uh, a, a shot at the quarterbacking job. They gave the they gave the ball to Geno. 
He, he rewarded them the first nine weeks last year. You remember the first nine weeks, he was about as good as anybody in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Then he had, a he had a bad last half of the season, and now it hasn't worked out the first Who Who gave him the keys to the car, BJ? I mean, yeah. who, who decided to give him a new contract at the end of last year? Who, who has not drafted a quarterback in years in the draft, an understudy, a guy to come in here and learn the system? They haven't drafted one guy. Who hasn't? Who hasn't signed one free agent quarterback in years and years? Who has given the reins to Geno? Well, that would be Pete Carroll and John Schneider. Well, why, if we're killing Geno and saying he's a backup quarterback, why are we not questioning the decision makers who, who put him in charge, who gave Geno the job? The, the, again, good question. <laughs> Hey, good. And those people, they want to keep their jobs and they they continue to just do the smoke and mirror show to make it look like it's not them. Well, well, I, I want to be I, you know, I, I think I'm clear. I don't I don't think Gino's the problem. So I don't go right. the next step and say, geez, I blame Pete Carroll and John Schneider for giving Gino Smith the keys to the car. I don't because I don't think Gino's the problem. I just told you what I think the problem is. I think it's just it's just an archaic looking offense. It's yeah. just it's just blah. There's nothing creative going on in that offense. And there you I, go. There you go. Well, hey, how uh, about them Huskies, though? How about them Huskies? Yeah. Oh! yeah. Go ahead. Give us a little bit of just, we have a little bit of time left, maybe oh. like a minute. In a minute, tell us why you love the Huskies and well, what can we well, look for? I, I, don't, I, I don't know that I love the Huskies, but. Oh, but okay. You sound so happy, this. DJ. This, yeah. is, this has got to be history, guys. Think, think, of, think of what's happening with the Huskies. The Huskies finished the season 12 0. Yes. Right? Which means they beat everybody on their schedule. Oh, yeah. That's what that means. And one of the teams that they beat that's on their schedule is Oregon. Yes. Maybe the best team in the country right now. I think there's a lot of people that think, regardless of records, I know they have the one loss to the Huskies, but there are a lot of people that believe that if you just look at all these teams right now, offense, defense, special teams, that Oregon's the best team in the country right now. Yeah. When was the last time? When was the last time ever? That a team went undefeated, beat the team that they're playing next as part of the undefeated, and is a double-digit underdog. Yeah, I saw that. In the rematch of that game on Friday. You're right. I, that can't, is, I, yeah. I can't believe that that's ever – I'm going to say it right now, and I don't have the history to back it up. I don't think that that's ever happened in the history of college football. That a team would have, was a double-digit underdog to a team that they already beat as part of an undefeated season. It's crazy. That's how good Oregon is. Guys, this game on Friday night yeah. is going to be the most watched, I believe, is going to be the most watched, the biggest television audience of a Pac-12 football game yeah. in the history of the conference. And isn't that isn't that something it's the last Pac-12 <laughs> football game. What a way to go out! In the history out. of the conference, yeah. yeah. It's oh. it's a it's it's a it's an absolute must-see, solid gold five o'clock Friday night for your audience. Even if you don't like college football, yeah. This game sets up to be. It's for all the marbles. It's for so who the college football playoff. It's yeah. for the Heisman Trophy. It's for everything. Who, Friday night. So now, so so if the Huskies win. They get into the playoffs. Does Oregon no is Oregon get in if they win, or do they? One hundred percent. So they 100%. get in. Okay. So both either way, Winners the in. team is playing for the playoffs. What do you like? Who do you like? Forget the spread. Who do you like? Because I I gotta 
the one thing people have been saying and probably why Oregon is getting all those points is because the Huskies have not necessarily been like a flawless team in the last few games they've been no. playing. And even wow. the last game against some people thought they should have destroyed the Cougs and they did not. So right. what do you think? I think that what you first first of all, what you just said is half is half the is half the reason which is ever since the Oregon game the first time, which was a classic at Husky Stadium a couple months ago, the Huskies have played down to the level of their opponents. They've just skated by, barely squeaked by. But the other half to that is, BJ, Migsy, is that Oregon has been like Mike Tyson when he was coming up, Mm. beating everybody in the first round. Oregon is just pummeling people. They're beating people by 40 while Washington's barely beating people. Yeah. So that's the that's the reason why everybody likes them. Look, I'd love to sit here and pick the Huskies, but if you're asking me, like, if my if the eyeballs in my firstborn was on this game. <laughs> wow. That's a hell of a bet that you went to Vegas, but all right, if that's what you want to bet. Have you made that bet before? Uh, no, I have not made okay. that bet before. But I, I would say... I, I don't have any money. Or, I would say that Oregon will win. Imagine I, will say, I will say that Oregon will win on Friday night in what should be just a classic. A classic imagine imagine playing cards with Mitch, and sometimes people don't have any more chips to put in. Yeah. So they, and he pulls out two eyeballs and goes, look, I have these. <laughs> Do these mean anything? Can I put these in the pot? That's the moment I give no, him the gambling no, anonymous phone no, number. No, say, look, no you, know what I, you know what I slide in the pot when I'm out of chips? My Oreo pie. Ah, there we go. Thanksgiving day. There we go. Only if it's Sarah's. All right, episode 264, MitchUnfiltered.com. You get a a lot more commentary, a lot more people, experts talking about what the heck is up with the Seahawks. More talk, I'm sure, about the Huskies as well. And hopefully by the time we talk to you, let's hope that we've got a Husky team going to the the, the championship series, uh, the the, the playoff. And we'll talk about the Seahawks fresh off their win over uh, the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be great. Like I said, Let's hope we talk about the Huskies going to yeah, uh, MitchUnfiltered.com, wherever you get podcasts, Mitch Unfiltered. Mitch, thanks for being with us, buddy. Boys, thank you very much. Love you, and thanks for, for all the support over the years. Thanks very much. There's a, a type of candy that can help you stop having a panic attack, and a therapist confirms this. Oh, boy. You're going to hear what it is at 817 on The Rock. DJ and Migs, mornings on The Rock, 99.9 KISW. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. KISW, The Rock of Seattle. Normally, I really don't have a lot of time for TikTok. Uh Uh-oh. But I got to give this TikToker some props, man. Is Uh, it time for you to get a TikTok? It might have to be because this is helping out. And it's all candy-based. And you can see this video on the BJ and Migs page of KISW.com. But uh, this person is talking about how she uh, was able to stop her panic attack by eating a piece of Warhead's candy. And uh, here she is talking about it. My therapist told me to eat a Warhead whenever I'm feeling a panic attack coming on. And when I say I've never had anything rip me out of the throes of a panic attack faster, I mean it. So what are what are Warheads again? Warheads are like super sour candies. Are they like like those everlasting, like a gobstopper? Or no? They're just no. really sour. Yeah, they, they come in like little individual... Pe- they're kind of... They, they almost look like a cough drop, but they're just super sour. Damn, dude. Yeah, and they have like the different ones. They have the extreme ones. They have the regular yeah. one. Yeah, I like the extreme sours. Oh, me those too. are really good. Yeah. The watermelon's my jam. And it's supposed to be... So- like I remember like I, I took some Sour Patch Kids home because it's supposed to help with cramps. Like if you get a Charlie horse... Oh, yeah, we did hear about that. Yep. Instead of pickle juice, you do... So I wonder if Warhead's double duties because i i don't like that kind of stuff i know that's not my favorite candy but i have sour patch kids at home now just in case just because you know we get those anal charlie don't say we like as if like we're a team that's the one but we i never i never started getting those until you did it's not like it's not it's not like a transmitted i feel like it is no you passed it along it's a virus i sat on the toilet here at work and then you did and then you got the anal charlie horse that's what i'm going with that's why I always keep a, a jar of pickles in my refrigerator, though. Yeah, so, so now we got to get warheads because I have panic attacks every from time to time. Yeah, and, you know uh, this is amazing because boom, you can get out of it with a warhead. That is so awesome. That's interesting, though. I wonder why. Yeah, and we got a therapist because you know it, it, she said her therapist told her, but I still, you know, I mean, I would probably talk to my therapist first to go, hey, should I be doing this? And here's a therapist online saying, yeah, this is legitimate. Oh my God, I'm so glad this video popped up in my feed because I thought I was the only therapist that was recommending this to clients. Here is why the infamous warhead treatment actually was legit and works. Your brain can only handle one emergency at a time. So if you give your brain a new emergency to worry about, then it has to focus on that instead of the thing that you're panicking about. So believe it or not, intense temperatures or sour or spicy foods will give you a new emergency and therefore let go of that anxious panic thought that you're having here's your excuse to go buy a bunch of fireballs warheads (laughs) super strong mints whatever you need to get through your day and decrease those panic attacks instantly that's interesting. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Isn't it like, remember when you used to say, oh, like, my, my elbow hurts. Oh, then I'll kick you in the shin and you forget that your elbow hurts. Yes. Now your shin hurts. It's kind of like that mindset. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because if you notice when finally one pain goes away, you realize you got another one. And yes. that pain was always there. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're right. That, that's, so it doesn't have to be a warhead. It could be like, I could just keep like wasabi in my 
pocket. Oh, well, I, if you want your mouth or something. It. If you want to keep wasabi in your pocket. I'm just thinking. Boy, don't keep it in, keep it like in your breast pocket because if that wasabi is down, you know, in the other pockets and it leaks, you're going to be you're not going to be a happy boy. Mm. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any panic attacks though. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, that's Yeah, take the icy hot and like you morons did and I bet that's an emergency and that'll also stop the panic attacks. See, you said panic attacks every night. What what changed? I, I put icy hot on my boys every single day. Woo! I don't panic about anything anymore. I'm, I'm in constant pain down below. You know, it's funny because I often said that about, you know, like when you get, when, when you're lucky enough to be physically intimate with somebody, your problems go away. Like even mm. if you had problems, if all of a sudden someone says, let's go, well, you know, at least for me as a dude, I'm like, I don't know what I was worried about because right now this is where this I want. This is what I'm doing. This is, and maybe it's the same thing. Like the mind can only handle one big gigantic moment at a time. But what an interesting thing that like that could help people when some people are like maybe I need like medication to spend yeah. all this money and then you realize oh no I could just go to like you know CVS or wherever and get a bag of candy Look at that. and just have it handy. So I got my panic attacks, my Charlie horse, all it's all taken care of. <laughs> this is perfect. At first I was thinking oh can I get like you know candy corn because I think that stuff tastes terrible. But it sounds like it has to be like something spicy or something like that. Like yeah, sour. it's not just like. Bad candy's not going to make me stop having a panic attack. Yeah, I guess the super sour is your body's just like, for whatever reason, your body's like, we got to figure this out. And I don't know why super sour stops the Charlie horse, like, or pickle juice. Like, what the hell is with that? That the body goes, I'm going to stop giving you this horrific pain because maybe it has to go do something else. And it goes, well, whatever we're doing to the leg, we can't do anymore. We got to go over here and deal with this pickle juice. I don't know. Sometimes the answers are out there. I'm sure if I did the research, I'd get the answer. But I'm just going to just chalk it up to, okay, sounds yeah. good. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just drink some pickle juice. Not even going to question why, if it makes me feel better. By the way, big props to the therapist to be able to explain it in super layman's terms. Yes. <laughs> Almost to the point where I question if she's even a therapist. <laughs> yeah, she really, I mean, she really just looked like a regular person. Like, she could have been making it up for all I know. I yeah. know. I'm saying it. I'm like, you're, yeah. like, you're making this way too, yeah. making way too much sense and not using big words. I don't trust you. Was this before or after she got arrested for impersonating a therapist? Right. <laughs> I'm wondering when this happened. There's a new interview out with Rolling Stone UK uh, with Ozzy Osbourne, and he says, this is his own assessment. I don't know if he's actually talked to anybody, but he says he has 10 more years to live at best, which if that's true, that he definitely knows that, yeah, pretty much, dude, 10 years, is that's the best you're going to do. That's interesting info. Well, especially with all those new, I mean, you know, all the stuff that's come out in the last year or so. I mean, over the last yeah. few years, but the last year has been pretty rough for him. I mean, 10 years... I, I keep wondering whenever I see him trending, I'm like, oh, what's going on? Like, you know, you know, 10 years might sound like like an exaggeration. And I'm not yeah. saying that to be funny. Like, I, that just, he just sounds like he's just been battling some massive health issues. Yeah, and he had a fall, you know. And how about this? When he, so he had a fourth surgery. He had four surgeries because of right. the damage he did to, because of when he fell back in 2019. And when you're an old person, and that they say that's the thing that really just, your life goes downhill quick when you're old and you fall. No, like, you know, it happens where you can be old. This sounds so terrible. It is. I know. This is why I go see a doctor. You're like, look, just to let you know, your life's about to go downhill (laughs) quick. I'm going to get body wrap. Once I think I get into my 70s, I'm just going to go, please body wrap me because I know if I fall, and you know me, I fall. I I mean, I I fall just normally. Well, you got the walking sticks now. There's no excuse. I need need more than that. I think I really do. (laughs) Uh, But how about this? When Ozzy had his fourth surgery to fix that spinal damage, uh, because they put a rod in his spine, they found a tumor. On his like on one of his vertebrae, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like everything is just this is I guess nature. Nature's just going, dude. You've had enough time. Time to peace out. Well, yeah, he put his body and his mind through the ringer over the years. And he still 
a darn good age. I expect people like that to be done at 50. Like him and Keith Richards. It is so not fair. And um, it's so, not, it's not, so not fair that they're still alive? Yes, because of the way they lived. Uh, you know I, what I, I mean? I, it's like you're a healthy. I know healthy people that ran around like, you know, Green Lake and stuff doing all. And, and they're a mess. And they didn't do anything. They didn't have anywhere near the lifestyle that Keith and Ozzy had. Okay. You know, that's why I think that, you know, that's why it's hard to convince me I should go to the gym. I'm not doing it. Mm. Anyway, that's my reason. Well, I don't think Keith or Ozzy are going to the gym. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. If they, you need to snort ants and do heroin. You know, you're right. Where's that bad? Don't do that, BJ. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what, if I snort, what if I snort heroin and do ants? Can I do that? I mean, well, it hasn't helped you over the years. No, I really have been trying that. I mean, I do like ants. Uh, Ozzy said that he really wants to be well enough to give his fans one final show. That's all he, he says. Look, if I'm going to die in 10 years, I just, I, he said, I'm so effing mad. I never got the chance to say goodbye or thank you because my fans are what it's all about. If I can just do a few gigs, they've been loyal to me for years. And he just wants to do one more show. He says, I see what's up there. Go, hi, guys. Thank you so much for my life. And, wow. and that's what he's working towards. He says, and he says, if I drop down dead at the end of that final show, I die a happy man. That's heavy. And, and that's really like a testament to how much he loves his fans. Yeah. Because like, you know, some people would just be like, whatever. You know, or they'd be like, I just want more money. I, I don't think he's really hurting for money. So I don't think it's that. Yeah. So, I mean, he just wants to do a show just so that his fans can kind of get a proper goodbye. I think there's something really cool about that. I agree. And this has been his life. So, yeah. to, it, it, I never even thought about the, 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 the mental ramifications of him not being able to perform, especially since that's his love and that's what he's known. And that's I did read suck. that he says he does not, he refuses to perform in a wheelchair. Some people are like, why don't you just wheel out there and do And I've seen that. Like, there's a band called Life of Agony where uh, uh, Mina, the front woman, uh, is was battling like some nasty sciatica I guess or something along those lines where like she couldn't even stand and was performing uh, in a wheelchair and it was like crushing her and now she's better but like I was like yeah it's got to be tough if you're a front person and like you're known for like running around the stage now all of a sudden you're just sitting in a chair it's got to be tough yeah unless you get like one of those souped up wheelchairs or those really cool Dave Grohl chair yeah 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 definitely but yeah it's um so we'll see how that works out, if he can work his way back to health and do that one final show or a small mini tour or something just so he can say goodbye to the fans, Ozzy Osbourne. What if that happened? Uh, that'd be so... I mean, it's very dark. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> he does the show and then does die right after that. You're just like, oh, it's like that's kind of what he wanted, but th- this sucks that he passed away. Dude, I've been watching this documentary because that happened. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a great documentary about Albert Brooks. And if you don't know Albert Brooks, I mean, you, you're probably a little young. He's an older performer. But Albert Brooks was considered one of the geniuses of comedy in the, in the 70s and 80s. And he's, he did a ton of great movies. And um, he's just well-loved in the world of comedy, directing and acting. And he's, he's, he's brilliant. And I watched this documentary. And they talked about his dad. His dad was a performer as well. And there was like a Friars Club kind of a thing. And his dad goes up and kills it. He goes up and does a speech at, like, you know, one of these events. Goes back to his table and drops dead. He goes back to his seat. Albert Brooks's dad drops dead. Dude, that's insane. And, I mean, the, and Albert said, I mean, he had the best set of his life. People thought that was one of the funniest times they ever saw him. So that was, in a way, even though I was a little kid, probably the greatest way he'd want to go was just to die after doing his his act. It makes you, I mean, we can't find out. I mean, maybe we can, but like, does your, is it like basically like your mind is keeping you all going until you finally hit that and you're like, okay, I mean, obviously like, you know, it's not like you can just decide when you're going to live and die, but are you just holding out for that because you know there's that one last opportunity and like it's taking everything in you to stay alive? Yeah. 
Cause it's about, so like, trippy. Because it happened in the world wrestling, you know, the Ultimate Warrior. You remember that guy? Yeah. He, I mean, we talked to him one time on a show. Even like he's guy. He was an out there dude. He was blacklisted from from the WWE forever. There's massive issues, and they finally like you know kind of like fixed whatever issues there were, inducted him to the Hall of Fame, and then he got to do one last promo or speech in front of the fans on like a Monday Night Raw, and then I think it was that night or the next day. He had a heart attack and died. Oh, man. And he was in bad shape. I mean, you know, obviously, his, his health wasn't all that great from some of the supplements that he might have put in his body over the years. Yeah. But it was just like, was he holding out once he realized, oh, I'm going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame? Like, you know, like, was there something in him that was just keeping him going just so he could get to that point, have that last final moment in front of all the fans, get that love, and then he just left. Then he was gone. Yeah, there's something to be said. That's crazy, though. Yeah, I, uh, there are people that you know, like when I've heard that the spouses go, then they go, "Okay, I'm done." See, I don't want, I don't want to be, I don't want to die doing something I love. Really? No, you want to die doing something you hate? Yeah, get really? me out of my misery. You like it be at the dentist? Yeah, you just die there in the dentist chair? Why not? That way, I don't have to deal oh. with it. Well, that is a good point. I, mean, I don't want to die. It's very dark. <laughs> you know what? Well, that's a very interesting point. Like, if I could die before going to the dentist, like, they put me in the chair and then I die. You're right. I think I would like that as opposed to dying. See, okay. Like, staff meeting. Let oh, me, you got to die in there. right there. First of all, I like, would be so Don't let me croak at pain in the grass or something fun. The problem is, is you always look like you are dead at a staff meeting, but I would, people would just think you were sleeping. <laughs> they wouldn't think you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Steve's still asleep. Do we wake him up? Ah, he's, nah, he's fine. Three days later, you know, guys, I don't think he's sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that meeting was bad, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah, he uh, he hasn't moved, I think. Boy, I know he's a sound sleeper, but he might be. Damn. Yeah. I feel like there's a whole, there could be like a really cool, like, I don't know, documentary or. or of all the people that died? Well, that's like when they were doing stuff? Stories of like like you told yours and Ultimate Warrior of Ozzy yeah. like stories of like when people got to do what they love Poor Elvis. to the very last moment and Elvis died on the toilet but what did he do die didn't he wasn't he eating his favorite sandwich I did hear that which is a little disturbing I mean look it's disturbing to think that the dude was basically saying you know what I'm gonna do some one stop shopping I'm gonna eat the sandwich and then I'm gonna deposit I mean I just feel like I mean I don't know if that's how he was thinking. Well, I mean, what is he doing on the toilet eating a sandwich? Time management. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. What stop shopping? He was just like, well, you know what? Man's got to eat and a man's got to do other things. So, like, like a remote. Gosh. And it's so embarrassing. I don't see. Do you, I don't want to do that either. I don't want to die in embarrassing positions where my kids have to, like, go. Oh, Why? Why? You don't have to face it. I know, but I don't want them to have yeah. to face it. Because, I mean, I think Joey would make Sarah do it. Oh. And I, I think that's horrible for Sarah to have to walk in and, you know, Fish your no. father out of the toilet or I whatever. Think, I think uh, uh, J-Rubs, J- the, the son-in-law. Oh, poor the son-in-law. He's the one that's going to handle it. I think there's going to be a chain of command. Joe would give it to Sarah. Sarah would give it to Vicky. And then Vicky would have to oh, yeah, poor Vicky would it. get the job. You're right. Oh, yeah. That's rough. Yeah, that would be really rough for Vicky. I still think it would be J-Rubs. Yeah. I think if anyone's going to handle you naked in a bathroom dead, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I got to tell you something. I'm a son-in-law. I'm not going in handling the, the the in-law. I mean, she good. You know what? She's there. I'm not going in there. Figuring I don't think that he's going to do it. Like I don't think he's like raising his hand, hoping that he's going to get to do it. I think he's going to do it because no one else will. And he's like, well, someone has to do it. I guess I'll handle it. Oh, he's a he's a heck of a man. Because I'm oh. like, well, you know what? Then she stays there. You know what? Let's just make a nice little memorial right here. In front of her. <laughs> That's what I would do. He's a stand-up kind of guy. I yeah. think he would pick you up naked in the bathroom. Oh yeah, I had to do I had to wash my dad a little bit in the shower one time cuz he was really like had he had 
I ha- he had cancer. Okay, what are you going to do? The guy needed a bath, okay. and I was the only one living no, there. No, no, no. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, you're I right. Mean, to laugh, but it was like, no, I don't know where you're, you're just like. I gave my dad a bath. Yeah, I don't know what to say. In this I know, and you're right. It's definitely funny, but I wanted to stop you because thank it, you. It, it, you know, because look, I would have laughed if you told me the same thing. But it was her. It was. I mean, you had to. Yeah. But I didn't want to do that. And I'm sure he didn't want you to do. No, that. it was like you could. It was so awkward for both of us. You talk about the Red Sox while this is going on. Or? I'm not. I don't think I want to talk about a baseball or a bat or anything when I had to go do that. And because there's a certain age when a father and a son stop seeing each other naked. I think. Yeah. You know. You know. It just. It just happens. Right. And at then, some point, you just realize this is this has to stop. Yeah. And if you're fortunate enough, you never ever have to see each other naked ever again. Right. And well. That wasn't the case for me because he got so sick that somebody had to give him a sponge bath and I was the only one living at home at the time. And it was like, oh, this is, this is, this is not good. And he, I mean, he had to have this bath for some reason. And I'm like, all right. Well, I mean. He needed help. <laughs> he was in the shower and it wasn't so much a bath, but he was in the shower and he said he needed some help with something because he thought he could do it on his own. And uh-huh. then he, he starts calling me and I'm like, well, I want to go in there. I mean, he's in the shower. That's, I don't need to. It was awkward. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of questions I don't want to ask. I so don't. I'm, yeah, I'm they're, they're not. They're not going to end in a good place. Every question you have is right. going to end with more awkwardness. That, and, yeah, and we never spoke about it again. No, it was I, an unwritten rule. Like you know, nor like, should you. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I did. I spoke about it with many therapists, but otherwise, you're right. I did not with him. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. something where you just like look. I know I got to do this. We yeah, don't need to talk about it. It really is. Yeah, We're you're just, right. Just gonna grin and bear it. It was just like head down, keep moving. You know? Right, scrub, scrub, scrub. You clean, you go, cool. You good? Just, I gotta. All right. do, I gotta. You know, at this point, I gotta do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it is. On Friday, Steve. Yeah, you did get this one right, but it was too late. What sort of business did George Jefferson own on the Jeffersons? He had a laundromat. No. He owned a laundromat? No. No, he didn't. Nope. You, a cleaner. Yeah, yeah dry cleaner. Yeah, it was a dry cleaner. Uh. <laughs> I'm still kind of mad about it. I don't blame you, because they are two different types of places. You want a shot at beating Steve? You got a 206-803-ROCK. We're playing Beat Meg. going to do that at 847 on The Rock. Today's podcast was brought to you by Travis Gagne, bankruptcy attorney. He's here right now and has agreed to answer more of your questions about bankruptcy. Here's a question from a listener. Uh, My house is currently in foreclosure. I've stopped making payments. What can I do to save my house? If you're already in foreclosure behind on your mortgage, you can stop the foreclosure by filing a bankruptcy. There's different types of bankruptcy. Chapter 13 can help you catch up on your house payments if you're behind. It would mean that you'd have to start making your house payments again and catch up on the amount that you're behind over five years. You could also take off or strip off your second mortgage, which would help you to reduce your housing payment every month, especially once you're done with the plan and done catching up on your first mortgage. We could also try to buy you some time in the more in the in by filing a Chapter 13 case. Filing a Chapter 13 would definitely stop your foreclosure. Thanks, Travis. If you have more questions about bankruptcy, you can reach out to Travis anytime at ChooseTheRightChapter.com. That's ChooseTheRightChapter.com. And thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 